the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. to change your attitude, change your life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. After starting her own business in her 50s as a fitness entrepreneur, Today's guest, Liz Hilliard, realized that while she was empowering other women to be strong, she wasn't living what she was preaching. Liz decided to step into the unknown and live authentically. She joins us today to share her story of how she lives with a new purpose. Liz founded the Hilliard Studio Method, an award-winning course-centric Pilates-based workout program. She believes that we can be powerful at any age. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. Thank you for that nice introduction. I really appreciate being here. Well, Liz, it's a pleasure to have you here because when you were in your 50s, you changed so many things about your life. You started your own business. And what was it that you were doing before that time? And what led you to want to become an entrepreneur? Um, I was before that time in my in my late 40s. I had done a late, uh, late change of career and decided to become a, a Pilates instructor and when I did that, I had no notion of owning my own business. I thought I would be an instructor, have people come into my home studio. But what I found was a natural sort of feeling that I had some influence and empowering ways with women, particularly. And what you find when you're personally training is you're almost in a therapy type session. And I would have all sorts of things come in. And I, I realized early on that the connection between the physical self and, you know, the emotional, the mental, all of the things going on in our world are directly re- related. And so I realized that I had an opportunity and I wanted to take that opportunity to um, to empower other people, women particularly. And what that does when you have an energy exchange of not only physically helping someone accomplish something that they didn't think they could accomplish, it actually translates into other areas of their lives. And I started my business in my probably early 50s called Hilliard Studio Method. And the very first thing I did was write on my wall, be powerful, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not about having power over, but finding that power within that releases who we really potentially can become. And right. And to work it through physically and as well as mentally and emotionally. And what I love about your story is that it illustrates that it's never too late to do something that you want to do. I I started doing this work in my late 40s after raising two children and being married 23 years. um, Everything got upheaved in my life, which led to what I do today. And at that time, you know, it was very daunting because I really thought, in my late forties that the best was behind me. And I've come to realize that I sometimes now think the best is still ahead of me. Aren't the fifties the best? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they really, really are. Um, And I love that. And I love that. It's it's sort of like there's a freedom to, I think it's underestimated until luckily you get to be 50. And I've always said, I'm so thrilled and lucky to be now I'm 69 years old, but I, I'm so honored to be this old. I, who knew I would, I would live this long? And then to really come into your own, there's something about the freedom of owning your own potential and 
and, and, a, and a bravery that happens, I believe, mm-hmm. in your case, too, right? I mean, to right. start your own show, to start your own business. Well, and it wasn't only on the business side of your life that you changed pretty much everything. You also changed personally. You had been married for 37 years and you decided to divorce your husband. What led up to that decision? Oh, gosh, that now we, we didn't need longer than we have today, but I'll give you the uh, the cliff notes on that. Um, I had a 37-year marriage that I just ended five years ago. And I, unbeknownst to myself, I wrote a book called Be Powerful, Find Your Strength at Any Age. I even have a podcast called that now. Uh, and the fact is, is I realized when I was writing the book that I was, I was writing what I wanted to, to believe. And then I was always about authenticity. Just own yourself, own your space, be who, don't be afraid or find ways to, to have courage to find your, to find who you truly were. Well, unbeknownst to me, I, and, and let me backtrack one sec, I was already in a marriage that was ending. Uh, my ex-husband and I, who remain friends to this day, it, it became a relief when we finally began the discussion of ending a marriage that had not been working for either one of us for many, many years before this happened. So it wasn't just all of a sudden you know, this happened. But I had been, you know, in a friendship marriage, which is not a bad way to be married. And I think a lot of people do that. But I realized there was so much more to who I was, and I wasn't owning it. I was living in a really small way. I was sheltering under the societal norms of this is who I should be now that I'm, you know, whatever age I was. I was 60, early 60s. And here's what really happened. I fell in love with not another man and definitely younger, but a woman. And there's never been a bigger shock to me in my whole life. Never. This is the biggest shock that ever happened. And so I, I realized immediately that I needed to go directly to therapy. Do not pass go. I mean, what is the matter with me? So I, you know, I, I told my husband eventually, and we talked about it. We were going through the process of divorce, but, and he was very supportive because when you've been married that long, you, well, we have a respect for each other to this day, but getting back to owning my own self, realizing that I was falling in love with not only a woman or even another person, I, I thought that my whole identity now was Hilliard Sidia method, was empowering other people to find their own purpose and their strength and physically and mentally. But I was finding that I was doing this for myself and it shocked me to my core, literally. And so I was not going to play, I was not going to act on this. Um, I fell hard and in a very instant moment for a woman who actually is 26 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. who <laughs> there's so many things wrong. She works for me and she was my best friend. She also was helping me write that book. Um, it, it, it really checked all the boxes of do not do. And I really kind of went, <laughs> I remember the quote from um, Eleanor Roosevelt, you must do the thing you must not, you must do the thing you must not do. And I, I have, I confronted her because I had to, either put it to bed because it was going to ruin my business, ruin my life, ruin my family relationship. Because here I had been this upstanding social, you know, head of my, or you know, people knew who I was in my community mm-hmm. and I had an identity and this was going to destroy that identity into lots of ashes. Right. I could lose my business. I could lose everything. I could lose my family relationships. And I thought, I cannot, I cannot do this. I've got to deny it. But you can't unknow what you know. And so I definitely, so I went to her and I said, this is how I feel. I'm already going to tell you right up front, this is wrong. Uh, but you have to know this and we've got to find a way to circum, to get around to, to either, you're going to have to either not work for me or I'm going to have to do something else, right? Anyway, it was a real, it was a real, it wasn't a conundrum. It was a massive shift that I'd never experienced in my whole life. Mm-hmm. So but you had I this identity, it, Liz. You, you had the person you believed yourself to be for your entire life up until that point. And as you described, everything was rocked. And what was it like for you being from the South and coming out, being in this relationship? You were talking about how you would lose your personal relationships. And, and did that end up happening? Uh, it did in some cases. But as we know, as we get older, the relationships that are true relationships do stick people Mm -hmm. 
I, interesting. I do live in the South. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in the middle of the Bible Belt, um, and I had a I have a real viable business. So I expected clients that are very conservative, very you know, they're just not going to accept this. Come to me and say, I don't get it. I can't even. I'm not even sure I can accept it. But I'll have I'll I'll have your back on this, which blew me out of the water and was very uh, moving to me. But at the same time, I did lose people that just simply disagreed, and and of course I accept that and, and bless them and let them go. Um, as far as my family, like I said, my ex-husband was my greatest um, advocate because he understood that his very first words to me were, I really want that for me, meaning we both had this sense that we were missing something in our marriage. I mean, we had been for so long. And so he was very supportive and is to this day. But I did the strain on the relationship that I had with my child and uh, other people that have fallen out of my life, then it was there. But the beauty and the joy of owning who you are and then really getting to step out and the people that do come to you at that point, it's magnificently higher level uh, love and friendship than you've ever had because mm-hmm. once you're really going to own yourself and tell your truth, then what do you got to lose? And you are, you are raw and exposed. And being raw and exposed is terrifying, yeah. and it took a lot of courage. Where do you think you got but, the strength from? Oh, God, that's such a great question. I think when you are pushed to the point that you simply can't unknow what you know, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can decide, I'm going to live a half-life, a shell, and I'm probably going to die, and that happens a lot, maybe. I simply said at 64 years old, I'm done. I will not live this way. Peace, and not not really pieces fall where they may, because I was very very concerned about the people that I really cared about in my life, my family particularly, and but I could not do it. So I thought I will work, I will work my best way, and I have. I've I put the therapy in. You put your work into having the courage to own yourself, and that is not easy. That is about walking through the door of just fire all around. That is that it's scary. It's terrifying. But if you can walk through that door on the other side is absolute joy within my body, within myself, within my soul. Mm-hmm. I, I, I share that now with with people I know and don't know. It's just have the courage to own yourself and your life will work. It will right. work. And we love who we love. It's, we love who we love. And to me, it's more the soul of the person. I think we're all very intricate human beings on a spectrum of love and energy that can be it can be a man or a woman right and i think we put a lot of of we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make a choice of who we are so now i'm like one of the greatest things is to unknow who you thought you were and that gives you a freedom to explore more deeply and then to become better at who you are and you know liz it doesn't matter what you think you are so for example I thought my identity was in a wife and mother, and that was what I spent a large portion of my early adult life being, because that's what I was groomed to believe that I was, and it's what I thought would make me happy. And then after 23 years of doing that, I Mm -hmm. had to learn who I was, and I'm still trying to figure that out. And so Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily just relationship-wise or professionally. Mm -hmm. We all have these identities of who we believe we are. And often, more often than not, we have to relearn what that is. You know, we really don't know. Truly. And, you know, the beauty of you is that you were that wife and mother that what, and that identity was real. Mm-hmm. But but I think we have many, many lives within this life, right? right. And so then you did your job. Your children were ready to go and be themselves and have their own lives. And so that is the beauty, I think, of it is you did that. You did that. And you still are that. That's a part of you. But there is, then you go, well, there's so much more. I've mm-hmm. all of a sudden got this, <laughs> who am I now? And those moments of uh, whether it be a soft crisis, a hard crisis, whatever it is, are our blessings. I think that we just get when we, we can deny them and go, oh, my life is over. What am I going to do now? My kids are gone. Or we can go, what is this opportunity? I'm healthy. I'm alive. What can be next? 
and or what can be next within myself. I mean, you don't have to go off and become anything. You can just become more you and continue to do whatever you're doing. But I, I just think it's such opportunity. For some people, is it becomes challenging because they're so used to pleasing other people. And when you try to live to please others, you don't live authentically. So what advice do you have for someone listening to you right now to help that person live for themselves? Oh, that's such a great question. My advice would be that if you are living for someone else, like a child, your best in, in their best interest is for you to model the behavior of listening to your own self. Model the behavior of being a human being that is more, that, that, so that they can see that they can be more. So, you know, I think women particularly have this issue with, I have to be there for my children no matter what. And sometimes that can build into a job, a, a resentment. But when you can show your people that love you, that you there are so many more parts of you and accept them into yourself. Like, oh, you, I love you and I, I will be here for you, but today I'm going to do this for me, right? Mm-hmm. It, gives them the, it gives them the freedom to also do that. Um, I know how hard that is. Your right. parent, you're, I'm a mother. <laughs> it's right. hard. And we're afraid of being judged. And so what mm-hmm. you experienced, you know, how did you navigate that judgment that I'm sure you faced? What were some of the tools oh, that you used? I, I had to always, I, I avoided, I want a booklet on this. So many, I might need to write the booklet, even though right. it wouldn't be, because everybody's got a different way to do this. The only way, the only way that I have found for myself to navigate this, and I still navigate it to this day, is to stand in my space, own it, and understand this is who I am. I'm coming from a place of love. I'm coming from a place of self-acceptance as well as acceptance of anyone around me. And you will be criticized. You don't, if you don't slip into that beautiful societal box, people are threatened. Maybe you're not criticized overtly, but even the quietness of, well, we don't know how to handle this person. <laughs> they, don't, they don't fit into any of our categories, right? So we'll just leave them alone. There is a, you've got to be ready for a bit of a loneliness factor to that. Mm-hmm. And, but then what I was saying in the beginning is you will feel very alone because there is no playbook on this. But the aloneness is the time where you cherish and you grow who you really are, that seed of Liz or that you know, seed of whoever you are into, into being. And then once you, do, once you sort of start to excavate and bring that bright, beautiful self up, the people in your life that love you are drawn to you and they want to know more. And it gives them the freedom to maybe be more than they thought they could be or to maybe even to admit to themselves that they have had feelings or these other things in their lives. It gives other people a freedom to do to express themselves. If you self-express as truly yourself. And one of the things I started to tell myself when I feel judged is that anyone who has that type of judgment or negative comments about another person, it's usually more about them, the way they're feeling about themselves, than it is about you. It's super hard, too, by the way, don't you think? Because anybody that's going to criticize you, is that is about them. That is not about you. They're making a judgment on on you, but it's really their short-sightedness, their problem. But what I, I have a little tool I use and it's, it's really a spiritual tool. I just, I sort of, I see it, I accept it, and then I bless it and release it. So if somebody's coming at me hard and they don't have to come with words, sometimes it can just be this presence of non-acceptance of hatred or whatever it is. I accept that that's how they feel. I bless them and then I release them. I don't not speak to them if they don't, but I, if I, if I need to, I remove myself from their energy. That's, that's too much for you to handle when you're trying to be yourself, right? Yeah. And so Liz, <laughs> what is your life like now? I mean, you sound so happy, oh. so joy-filled. Oh, yeah. It's, honestly, the, the freedom and the joy that comes with uh, finally owning myself and finally telling my own truth and not trying to hide behind it and trying to be small. I've always felt this smallness, like, but really living large is just 
joyful. And I'm still with my person, <laughs> Lee, the, the person that, that sort of brought me into this thing, sort of wakened my soul as far as this, this love interest. But then what I'm just, I'm just joyful. I live, even when days are hard, you know, joy is not about happy, happy, happy. Joy is about living in the moment, knowing that you're a-okay. There might be wind tunnels and <laughs> things happening all around you, but you're a-okay. You're going to be yeah. okay. You went through Absolutely. some challenges, but look at how happy you are yes. now. And if we could just hold on, yeah. there's hope. Hold on. Yeah, hold on to yourself. Just know it. Just know you can do it. And if you need a friend, get whatever help you need, therapy-wise and all those things, but hold on to yourself because you're every single human, I think, walking the planet is an incredible, incredible presence. Mm-hmm. And we can do massive things that we don't even begin to know until we finally own at least where we are. And then there's then all these beauty, all these things open up to us. And Liz, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and the book that you mentioned? Okay, sure. Um, I have a studio. It's called HilliardStudioMethod.com, where we have the book there. It's also on Amazon. Um, I have a podcast called Be Powerful with Liz and Lee. And I'm on Instagram at Liz Hilliard HSM and all those other things like Facebook and Twitter and all those things. It's just Liz Hilliard, H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D. But we, um, my studio is great. We do a, we stream all over the country and, and in several foreign countries as well as our workout. And then, yeah, so if you're just interested in the workout, it's fun too. <laughs> Liz, thank you so much for joining us. You are such a light. I'm smiling speaking with you because your energy is contagious. So thank you for sharing your story, for being so open and for spending this time with us. Oh, thank you, Joan. I feel the same about you. I I really appreciate this time. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. Our next guest, Vicki Snaver, believes that we'll be more fulfilled when we're authentic. She's here today to discuss how we can show up in the world in a way that reflects who we are and our value. Vicki is a leadership coach and author of the book, Authenticity Reawakened, The Path to Owning Your Life Story and Fulfilling Your Purpose. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Joan. I love your work. Vicki, we hear so much about being authentic. Sometimes I think that word might even be overused. Can you explain to us what it means to you to be authentic? Sure. And I agree completely with you. Uh, You know, in my view, I believe that authenticity is knowing who you are, knowing what matters to you, and showing up in the world in a way that reflects that, but only to the extent that you wish to do so. I think one of the reasons why authenticity has become a bit of a buzzword is that people think it's the same as being completely transparent. 
And that's not what it is at all. It's really about knowing yourself and then deciding what you're going to stand up to and for in this life. Why is this so important? I think at the end of the day, we have to realize that we we are here for a reason. And I think, you know, that another buzzword is purpose. So when you really think about at the end of your life, when you look back, you want to be able to say to yourself, I lived well, I gave of my heart, I loved people well, I did, you know, a great job while I was here, I did my best. I think that that's so important. And if you can look ahead and say, you know, that's how I want to end up, I think then you can say, okay, what are the things that I need to to actually do? You know, a quick example is, of course, we all say that our family comes first, but does it really? Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. You know, in the moments that count, were you there for the people that you care about? Were you there uh, when something really mattered uh, in the world? And it's these little things that add up in our lifetime. Also, I spent 42 years in corporate roles in my career, and I know that people are miserable when they're not able to contribute in a way that feels true and authentic to how they work and who they are and what matters to them. Well, from the time that we're children, we are told how to behave, what to think, what to do. We live our lives with all of these expectations, many of which are not even our own. So do you think that's why we struggle so much with this? We're trying to conform to what other people expect from us? Absolutely. And this is why in my book, what I do is I ask the reader to go back to, and you've talked about this in some of your work too, about some of the moments in our lives that really have created who we are, to really understand those times. But Vicki, how do we figure out what our true core values are? Because like you said before, we say to ourselves, well, this is what I want, but Mm -hmm. it may not actually really be what we want. So how do we uncover that? (laughs) Right. You know, I think a lot of times we have voices in our hearts that tell us this is right, this is wrong, this feels right, this feels wrong, and we just ignore that little voice. And, you know, Oprah is famous for saying that often that little voice keeps speaking to us louder and louder and louder, and sometimes, unfortunately, it has to be a boulder that hits us to wake us up and let us know that, you know, we need to take one path versus another. Um, So I think that that's one way. But as I'm talking to readers in my book about understanding these pivotal moments and where your values come from, you know, a quick example is when I was a child, my parents lost our home to foreclosure and I was 12 years old. And that moment in time was a pivotal moment, of course, to me and my family. When I go back to that time, um, what actually happened was we moved to a community that was much more nurturing for me, I had competitive, studious peers. It was a really great thing at the end of the day for me personally. But the value that I took from that is that, you know, financial um, acumen is really important. Uh, Doing your homework is really important showing up and contributing um, to classwork and those kinds of things were really important. And now as an adult, I, I know that those are the things that formed me. And as an adult, I spend my time and my money and all of my effort helping other students, you know, do well in school and invest in education and all of those things. So it's a core value, but it really stemmed from that time in my life when I was 12 years old. And also I'm really financially um, sound. And that was really important to me too. So I know why I am the way I am. And each of us has many stories like that. The book is Authenticity Reawakened, The Path to Owning Your Life Story and Fulfilling Your Purpose. If you'd like to get more information about Vicki and her work, you can visit VickiZnaver.com. That's V-I-C-K-I-Z-N-A-V-O-R.com. Vicki, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? Well, I believe that life is short, so don't spend uh, spend your time trying to be someone that you're not. You'll always be, you know, a cheap imitation otherwise. So there's a lot of peace that comes with doing the work to know who you are, knowing what means the most to you, and then showing up in the world in that way. Um, There's a lot of satisfaction with that, and I think it's something that we all should strive for because it's why we're here. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Joan, and again, thanks for all you do. We'll be right back. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, 
your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. Today's guest, Jarrett Krasowska, grew up with a drug-addicted mother and a missing father. While he was in high school, he was part of a program that sent students to be counselors at a camp for seriously ill kids and their families. While at Camp Sunshine, Jarrett learned lessons about resiliency and the hope and determination that gets people through troubled times. Jared is a New York Times bestselling author and the host of The Book Report with JJK on Sirius XM's Kids Place Live. Welcome, Jared. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Jared, let's start off by talking a little bit about your story. In your book, Hey Kiddo, you detailed your often painful childhood. What was it like for you when you were growing up? Uh, so I was raised by my maternal grandparents, Joseph and Shirley Krasowska, because my mother, their daughter, had uh, suffered from she suffered from an addiction to heroin, which which led to um, other you know, poor decisions in life. And so uh, she, my mother spent the majority of my childhood either incarcerated uh, or in halfway homes, and it was sort of a, a vicious cycle. And I never uh, there was no dependability with her. I didn't know when she would turn up, how long she'd be around, when she did turn up, what state she'd be in. Uh, and my grandparents, you know, albeit uh, complicated people themselves, uh, loved me as their their very own and took care of me and, and gave me all of the tools I needed to succeed in life. And I'm eternally grateful for, for what they did for me. How do you think you were able to navigate those types of experiences? I mean, I think top line is I had art. I, I, I've always loved to draw. I've always loved to escape into a comic book. You know, my love of comics led to my love of reading, which led to my love of writing. My love of comics led to my love of drawing, which led to my love of, of art and visiting museums. Uh, so not only so, you know, art is, is, is definitely way out there. But so so is the other supportive adults I had in my life. You know, I had other relatives and several teachers who, uh, you know, just took the time to listen to me and take the, took the time to hear me out and, 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 you know, let me express what I was, what I was feeling and thinking and going through. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how art helped you navigate the challenges that you were facing. Do you think that art is a good expression or an outlet for other children who may be facing a similar situation? Yeah. And, you know, art education is so important on so many levels. One is um, that it is so, you know, creating art, the act of making marks is so good to the mental health. It's, it's like a form of meditation. Um, and, you know, it doesn't matter if that young person is going to grow up to be a professional artist, but in our education helps us become creative problem solvers. And, and that is going to be a cornerstone for, you know, how our kids will find success in life. I mean, the, the jobs that our children will someday hold have not even been invented yet. Um, so I, I, I truly and earnestly think that to prepare our kids for the future in our education is crucial. How did you get involved with the Camp Sunshine program? I uh, so my high school was was had a big focus on on service, and so every year they would send seniors up to volunteer at Camp Sunshine, and, and it was such a, 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 a program that was so ingrained in the culture of my high school that it even had its own section in the yearbook. So. So coming up at Holy Name High School in Worcester, uh, you always knew about Camp Sunshine, and so many so many students always w- wanted to go, and you know they they had their first you know informational meeting in uh, when you're junior at the end of your junior year, and you know they could only send uh, you know about 30, 30, 40 students per year you know back then when I was a student, and you know more than a hundred students you know filled into this classroom to learn more about the program. 
And uh, the, the faculty members did what they thought was the most fair thing to do, which was they chose names from a hat. And, um, you know, based on, I guess you could say, the profiles of the students that went, I mean, it clearly was so random. It wasn't just the, the students that were straight-A students who took all AP classes. I mean, there there were students uh, from from every single table in the lunchroom that, mm-hmm. that were sent up to work at Camp Sunshine. Tell us about the children and their families who are at Camp Sunshine. Uh, so, so Camp Sunshine, well, that first session that I attended was it served uh, families that were dealing with pediatric cancer. And it's a program that's free of charge for the families. And uh, it, it doesn't, you know, just serve the child that's ill, but it, it, it serves the siblings, giving them the attention that they so sorely need. It gives the, the parents and caretakers uh, a chance to convene with, with other adults other caretakers who are, are dealing with the same set of circumstances. And you know, your job as a camp counselor is to sit with a designated family for the meals and help them make sure they get everything they need. And then uh, you're during in between meals, you're assigned to a an age group that you help facilitate the activities that the age group goes through while, you know, the parents are in their sessions and the kids can, can connect with their, their peers. When you were selected to attend this camp, what was running through your head? I mean, what you just described, that's pretty heavy stuff for a child. I mean, you were in high school for a child to be taking part in. Were you nervous? Were you afraid? Were you excited? I was all of those things. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, too, that, um, you know, my understanding of it has changed as I've grown up. And, and I think any adult has that same reaction that, that you just had. But, you know, also when you're a teenager, you're still not thinking too much outside of yourself. And uh, it's, it's, it was a program that was like, oh, this is going to be really fun. It's like, you know, I get to be away from school for a week. I get to be with my classmates that I don't necessarily hang out with. But, you know, when we had that first orientation and then I was assigned to work with a camper who needed one-on-one attention because he had a lot of physical limitations because of his cancer, um, you know, the gravity of the situation you know, was, was definitely weighing over me. Um, but it's just a, you know, it's such a, it's such a wonderful program, and it continues to run, and they continue to rely on, on those volunteer counselors who go up uh, every summer to to make it happen. I think it's a wonderful program, and it's really important to get high school age students involved in something like that. A hundred percent. Everyone goes through challenging times, and when you are navigating a difficult situation, you often feel alone, and you feel like you're the only person who's experiencing pain. So it's a good opportunity to show other kids that you're not alone and to teach them that lesson at an early age. Oh, I mean, you know, well, one, that they were just kids, that even though they're, you know, they're a kid who's dealing with cancer, they're still kids who are rambunctious and kids who want to steal an extra cookie and kids who... You want to be very playful. And and that, I guess that's what I took away from it the most was that, you know, these, these, these labels we might apply to somebody is there's just a small fraction of what that person is. And that these, these families just, you know, very bravely faced unimaginable circumstances. And, you know, and, you know, when you when I became a parent myself, I mean, that that really shifted my mindset on what this work was. And and also understanding, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought, well, this is fun. We're going to we're going to show these kids a good time. But and we're going to have fun. But now as a parent, too, just even when you can get a babysitter just to go out with your spouse for a couple hours to have dinner, like how how important that is to your mental well-being. And now when I think about that time to think of those parents who could really just be carefree for a week of their lives, how amazing that is for the parents as well. Is there anything that you can say to offer hope to someone who is facing a difficult time? You know, I think that when we when we look at the big picture as a whole, it can be really, really overwhelming. And, and it can seem like we're never going to get over these problems we have. We're never going to accomplish these tasks we have. Um, but if you can if you can focus on smaller things to be grateful for and smaller things to find joy in, that's going to really buoy you through the difficult moments. I agree. And and Jared, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? I am uh, studiojjk.com or at studiojjk across social media. You know, I had to make a decision very early on that krasoska.com would not be in my best interest and and so i stuck with that when social media came up came along and that's my handle everywhere i am in our final moments would you tell us a little bit about your book sunshine 
so if your listeners read Hey Kiddo, they'll know that that is a story about my coming up. And it encompasses, you know, 18 years with flashbacks to before I was even born. Uh, Sunshine, on the other hand, takes place in one every week. And it's that one week that I worked at Camp Sunshine with uh, a bunch of classmates. And it's very much like, you know, if I had to give comparative titles, it's a bit like The Breakfast Club meets Fault in Our Stars. Because you have these these group of kids who go up to volunteer together who would never sit together in the lunchroom. And and on top of that, you're, you're dealing with some pretty heady issues with life-threatening and terminal illnesses. Um, and if your listeners did read Hey Kiddo, they, they might, it just might sound a little bit familiar to them because there is one singular page, page 266 in Hey Kiddo, that mentions this experience. So, uh, this the timeline of sunshine actually takes place within that one singular page. Uh, so so you could read Hey Kiddo up to page 266, stop, read all of uh, 240 something pages of sunshine, and then read the remaining 80 pages of Hey Kiddo. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for for having this platform and sharing with me. I really appreciate it. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you jump to your feet and spring into action when there's a task to be done? Or do you gradually rise up out of your chair and amble across the room? When you need to make a decision or choice, do you immediately know what to do or do you mull it over a while until the answer eventually comes to you? If something requires concentration to figure it out, do you rush through it and give up after a few seconds because it doesn't happen immediately? Or do you give it time and attention to see the project through to the end? Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized, an award-winning professional organizing company serving clients who live with chronic disorganization. When organizing, the concept of speed is important. Everyone's brain is unique. Each of us has a different rate at which we process information and make decisions. That rate can change based on a given situation. Once a decision is made, however, following through on that decision can be done quickly. The faster a decision is implemented, the faster we see our desired results. I'm Gail Gruenberg with Let's Get Organized. Working closely with you on site or virtually, we help you clear the clutter in your home or office and show you how getting organized will change your life. If you're ready to take action and get organized, call us at 201-613-2733 or visit our website at lgorganized.com. Hello, doctor. Hi, business owner. Hey there, freelancer. The mark of a truly educated person is an open mind. These impactful words were shared by one of my mentors early in my education career. I have used this phrase and sought out examples of such persons over the last many years. Yesterday, I met another truly educated person while visiting a wellness center and meeting with the physician who owns it. She described her journey as a physician and business owner, mentioning the joys as well as the challenges of running a healthcare practice in America today. After reaching out to coaches and having soul-searching meetings with her staff, she came to a couple of conclusions. This is Vito Mazzi, your cash flow specialist with Kinem.com. The doctor made several new decisions, but she felt that the biggest one was to focus on the strengths that she and her team possess. Their main strength? They offer fantastic wellness care to their patients as she was trained to do. Among areas in need of improvement, which she has decided to outsource, dealing with financials like insurance claims and accounts receivables. She actually had called me in to assist, and now I'm helping her. And yes, I can help you too. Visit Kinnam.com forward slash Vito hyphen Mazza or call 800-850-5110. When you're having a conversation in relationship and it's somewhat controversial, you probably want to be heard and be right. Quite often, that's what we want. And so we're maybe a little defensive, but is that right? Or do we want a result? The result being we'd like to get along. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, Quality for Life Coaching. And they are two different things. 
getting along versus being heard and being right. See, because being heard and right is our defense, then that connects to our ego. But ego's not really going to get you that far. If you want a result, then you're going to want to work with humility and truth. So if you've got a difference of opinion, I mean, for me, I'll quickly look for a reason to say I'm sorry. And it has to be true. If I don't know what I've done yet, then I will say, I'm sorry you're hurting. I've done something wrong here because you're hurting. But let's talk further so we can figure this out. And you don't want to talk at someone by saying you this and you that because people just shut their ears. You want to use words like we and use words like experience. I'm having this experience. I know your experience is different. There isn't a right or wrong. There's just different experiences going on here. So we just need to talk it through and land somewhere that feels really good for both of us. So you want to do a lot of that non-heated conversation so that you can both feel good, but nobody is charging at another person. It's not being heard and right. It's just working toward the positive result. Lindsay Levinson, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Look me up. I'd love to talk to you, help you in any way I might be able to. It's time for To Your Health. Joining me is Dr. Andrew Weil, a world-renowned leader and pioneer in the field of integrative medicine. He's the author or co-author of several best-selling books. Welcome, Dr. Weil. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Dr. Your work has literally saved countless lives. You're a pioneer in integrative medicine. In your opinion, what has happened in medicine from the days of our grandparents who used mustard packs and home remedies and the doctors who looked at the whole person to where we've been in recent years? Well, you know, I think we've uh, lost confidence in the body's own natural ability to heal itself. We've become increasingly reliant on expensive technology, and especially we've come to think that drugs are the only legitimate way of treating illness. And the rise in the use of drugs, both prescription drugs and over-the-counter, I find very alarming. And, you know, Doctor, so much of how we live our lives today is, is making us sick, and there's no question about that. And one of the biggest factors that many people don't pay attention to is, is what we put in our mouth. So it's so much different today than when I was a girl. I mean, I remember going out to eat was actually a treat and it wasn't yep. the norm. And, and now we've reversed it where a home cooked meal is a treat. Why is the majority of meals being fast food takeout such a bad idea? You know, most people today are not eating real food. They're eating industrialized food-like substances, you know, highly manipulated processed refined food. And this is really what's causing us lots of problems. Uh, this kind of food gives us the wrong kinds of fats, the wrong kinds of carbohydrates, and not enough of the protective elements that are found in fruits, vegetables, herbs, and spices. You know, as you say, same for me. When I was growing up, our family always sat down to at least two meals a day. They were cooked from scratch. And eating out was an occasional thing we can eat much packaged food. Uh, that has changed drastically. And when I talk to people about why they don't make food themselves, the usual answer that I get is they don't have time or they don't know how. What would you say are some of the most beneficial herbs that we should be incorporating into our diet and why? Well, I, you know, I have developed an anti-inflammatory diet. I think this is the healthiest way to eat because containing inappropriate inflammation is your best overall strategy for good health and longevity. And two of the most powerful natural anti-inflammatory agents are ginger and turmeric. Uh, we're familiar with ginger. We're less so with turmeric, the yellow spice that's in yellow mustard and curry powder. I th I'm also a big fan of garlic. Cinnamon lowers blood sugar. Uh, red pepper, chili peppers stimulate circulation metabolism. Actually, most herbs and spices contain unusual compounds that are protective of our health. You know, doctor, you'd love me because the minute I start to feel like something's coming on, I begin to eat raw garlic. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that is an old home remedy. Garlic is actually a very powerful, natural antibiotic. It kills uh, bacteria fungi, viruses, also lowers blood pressure somewhat, lowers cholesterol. It's a very good overall tonic and raw is best. So you want to add garlic near the end of cooking, use it raw in salad dressings. And here's another simple tip. The, the, uh, the chemical in, in garlic that's responsible for these beneficial effects is called allicin, and it forms on exposure to air. So you want to crush garlic, put it through a garlic press, and let it sit for 10 minutes for the allicin to form before you add it to food. If you wait that amount of time and then add it to food that you're cooking, the allicin will be stable. 
Now, you just mentioned inflammation being a problem today, and you wrote a book called Healthy Aging. We've all been doing a tremendous amount of damage to our bodies. So is it too late for us to reverse the damage that we've done? No, it's never too late. And at any point in your life, if you begin to make changes that support the body's healing functions, you reap those benefits. So if you stop doing the things that are producing damage, you start doing the things that are helpful, immediately you get benefit from that. Doctor, thank you so much for being here. As Dr. Mark Hyman said when he was a guest on the show, it really is time for us to start to visit the pharmacy, F-A-R-M, instead of the pharmacy, Uh P-H-A-R-M. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. Hi, it's Linda from Linda Mitchell Coaching and Healing. Imagine yourself remaining calm, clear-headed, stress-free, and positive, even in the midst of life's greatest challenges. Good news, there's a proven process to help you do just that. And I'm living proof. Go to lindamitchellhealing.com to take a free assessment and learn the top ways you sabotage your success and happiness and how to finally break away from those old patterns. Let's talk after your free assessment at lindamitchellhealing.com. for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital articles, check out our team and book club, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow us on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.